The full PlayStation VR 2 launch lineup has been announced with some fan favorites getting upgrades to run on the headset. Plus, Microsoft is shutting down a gaming community to move the technology over to Microsoft Teams. Again? Tonight is January 22nd, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say, even uh, if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I, I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore, what would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. Get your drinking cups ready. People who play the drinking game. Because uh, there, there's a drinking game of, of VR talk, and, and it's almost all VR talk tonight. Not all of it, but a lot of it is. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a mostly VR edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, uh, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on Twitch, where there's a hype train coming in hot, and uh, I may have already gifted like five subs to the channel, welcome. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of the Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show uh, directly, and I'll be trying to read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. But we are a podcast. I do understand that. Not everybody can be here live. We do have a Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. You can actually talk to us during the week, uh, respond to previous episodes, and I will read them on the air uh, or uh, suggest topics that we cover on future episodes. So, uh Thank you so much for being here or for listening whenever it is that you are listening. Uh, thank you so much. So let's go ahead and, and get into uh, the non-VR portion. Let's just get the non-VR stuff out of the way. Um, first off, and I did not put this on on my little show roll, but I do want to say that I did indeed get my Stadia controller to unbrick itself uh, by actually turning off the Wi-Fi and turning on the Bluetooth. So it does actually work. I was able to connect it to my phone uh, as a Bluetooth controller, so I do have this. I did go in and play some Stadia stuff on Wednesday, on the last day. I played that Worm game. It's a ter- it, was a, it was a snake clone somewhat, but uh, not fun. Not really all that fun, but I, I see that you know they were doing it more as kind of a, a stress test for the network uh, and stuff. So it did, it did what it was supposed to do, and it was obviously never supposed to be a game mere mortals were supposed to play it was an internal testing tool uh and it very much looked like that and uh, uh but i went through and some of you know played some of the games that were that i had gotten because i had the pro subscription the whole time i never i got the founders edition and just never canceled and i'd use it every once in a while but i have data cap so i can't use it that much because even a 1080p stream would use like 16 gigs an hour and when you only have one terabyte uh that adds up I could only play it for, you know, I, I if I played it one hour a night, I would probably, you know, get close to my bandwidth cap. So that's why that's why I didn't use it. Uh, but I, you know, was like, oh, yeah, Murder by Numbers. And I actually posted about this on, on, on Twitter. Murder by Numbers has, has a great soundtrack, at least for me. Like, it's not for everybody, but it's the same person who did Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. And so, like, I'm like, oh, it's on Spotify. So I listened to it on Spotify and I, I looked it up on Google just to get the name right of the of the person. It turns out it's on vinyl, so the vinyl version of that soundtrack is going to be here in the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Stadia. 
You're not going to pay me back for that now that I know that the soundtrack's out. Anyway, uh, so I do have the Google Stadia controller. Don't know what I'm going to hook it up to yet. Uh, I am considering finally biting the bullet and getting a Steam Deck. I keep talking myself out of it. Uh, because I looked, there is a tool in Steam, so you can see like what works on the library, and I don't have enough that would work on the Steam Deck to make it worth it. But then I'm like, but I could buy like the Yakuza series in like, you know, for like four bucks a pop, and get all those games, and they all work on the Steam Deck. And Rob Roberts is also uh, thinking what I'm thinking. I refuse to stump, jump, jump on Steam Deck until I upgrade it. You know that'll happen. Um, that's the other thing. Like it's it's matured enough as software that now they can think about doing a hardware revision, and that may be why I go into it. Uh, why I, I'll get into it. The reason I'm thinking about it now is because everybody is saying that you know the Steam Deck was not ready for prime time when it came out. It is now ready. Like the software now is there, and you can do a lot with it outside of just Steam. Uh, and there are people that are creating new experiences like with emulators and stuff like that to get more out of your Steam Deck, and it just works. It didn't just work nine months ago when it came out. Uh, so now I think that uh, now that the software is kind of matured and it works, now they're going to do a hardware refresh possibly, and that may be when I jump in on it. So I don't. It's the reason I don't have a Steam Deck isn't because I don't like the Steam Deck. It's I don't have a compelling reason yet to get it for me. I'm sure that reason will show up pretty soon. Hopefully in 2023. SJ Ronamal says, I want the Steam Deck as well, but they're already working on updated models coming out at some point. So I, I will probably wait for the upcoming model, but uh, then then I'll be all in on it. Um, the, the other reason that I'm not jumping in on it is because the games I'm playing right now, uh, I'm playing on Xbox Game Pass. And uh, I know I can... Uh, you know, use use XCloud or whatever for, for this. But uh, the Persona series, uh, they have finally released Persona 3 Portable and Persona, Persona 4 Golden on uh, modern consoles. Persona 4 Golden was already on Steam. Uh, it was for 20 bucks, And uh, I bought it, I think, like last year, year. I think it was 2021. And I got it then. Uh, but Persona 3 Portable is out now. And it's actually the first time I've ever played Portable. So Persona games, uh, turn-based JRPG where you're a high school student and you have to go to high school and have friends uh, and then defeat God. Um, it's a Shin Megami Tensei game, so you're, you're fighting God at the very end of it uh, every single time. Uh, it's got some of the—it it laid the groundwork for the later games. So if you've only played Persona 5, uh, Persona 3 laid the groundwork, but it is rough around the edges. It is a game from 2009— um, and, uh, one of the, uh, social links part of, part of the game, uh, it's very much 2009 gamer speak. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to go back to that time and, and how people spoke online, uh, in full on gamer speak time. Um, so, uh, but what I will say is that it is kind of jarring having only played persona three FES on PlayStation two, which I do have, uh, but it's been a while is that it's very much a visual novel because it was made for the PSP. Uh, and they didn't put in like any of the anime cutscenes, and they, they, uh, you know, you, you don't have a 3d world to walk around. It's a menuing. You're, you're spending a lot of time in menus, really. Uh, you're only running around the dungeon in 3d. Uh, and a lot of the, the quality of life things that showed up in persona four and persona five aren't in persona three. Uh, but, 
I am. Uh, I spent. Uh, I stayed up way too late last night playing it. Um, you. It is one of those games where you'll go hours without actually playing it. And what I mean by that is, if you consider the battling, the turn-based battles, playing the game, you will probably only do that. Like you'll do it for like two or three hours. But then there's like an hour or two of visual novels and story and things. So that's a turnoff for a lot of people. And I understand that. But um, and uh, Fifth Dream says, I'm playing Persona 3 Portable. I played it on the PSP when it came out. Also, I played 3 and FES before that. Uh, And um, he says that uh, the Persona 3, uh, I guess, is, is the best one. Uh, so it's, it's the best, it's the best in the series. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. It's been a while since I played FES and I did not finish FES. Um, some of the things that they do in Persona 3 Portable that they don't do in FES, uh, some good quality of life things. They've got a beginner mode for me, which is great because I don't want to have to worry as much about, about dying. Uh, even though the Reaper has shown up in my games already and I've run, run away from them, um, and, you know, so th- there are some other upgrades they made, but you don't get the additional content that was in FES. Uh, there's an additional dungeon, the answer, that answers a lot of the questions and stuff. But that's what YouTube's for, right? So uh, it is on Game Pass. Uh, so if you have Xbox Game Pass, you can play it. I've been playing it on PC, uh, unlocked at 120 frames a second. It's been great. Uh, but it also works on Xbox. Uh, it is out on Switch and on Steam and on PlayStation 4, I believe. Not 5, but 4, so you can play it on both. And it's only 20 bucks. So uh, if that is up your alley, uh, honestly, 20 bucks for that and 20 bucks for Persona 4 Golden, easily those, if you go through all of them, those are like 80 to 90 hour games. Um, that's a good value. So give it a shot. And it's not in VR, uh, because the rest of the time we're, tonight we're going to be talking about VR. The other thing about Persona 3 Portable, if you're used to Persona 5, is that Persona 3 Portable has one dungeon, and it's procedurally generated, so it changes every single time, but it does kind of get tedious. Like, it's you're going through the same thing over and over again. Everything looks the same. A lot of the enemies are the same. Uh, so it's very, much a, uh, it's, it's very much a 2009 game for a portable system. And then Persona 4 Golden does a little bit different. You have different uh, for each character that you're going through. They've got different palaces that you're going through, but they're still procedurally generated. Whereas in Persona 5, they actually handcrafted all the palaces and did puzzles and stuff like that. Uh, And Persona 4 Golden is the definitive edition. It was made for Vita, so it's got some better stuff than the PS2 release. Whereas Persona 3 Portable and Persona 3 FES each have their own special things, but you're only going to get Portable. So and they they are they are available as a bundle but I think you save like 3 cents. That's all that's all you save. So let's talk about VR. And uh the first one I want to talk about is uh, something that you probably never used or you don't think about this uh as something to use but Microsoft a couple years back purchased a uh VR chatting app. Uh, that was one of the first ones that came out uh, before VR Chat, which is the one that you've probably heard of. They released one called Alt. Uh, there was one called Alt Space VR, and uh, this was basically an alternative space of things uh, in VR. So uh, I know there are some political connotations to the word alt right now in the United States. This predates them, so it's not about that. Even because some people were like, "Oh, good riddance," because you know 
of the political connotations of the word alt nowadays here in the United States. But it wasn't that. But what it was is it was a chatting uh, a chat app where you had avatars and you could go around and you can chat with people and, and do activities in VR. Uh, but it wasn't as, let's say, open in terms of creators as VR chat. And so it was actually going to go, it was going to get shut down in like uh, a couple of years ago. I don't remember the exact time. And then at like the 13th hour, and I say that because they literally did shut down and then Microsoft bought them and brought them back online. Uh, they, they, they came back and they were working on more things like that. Well, that has, uh, that is uh, going to be not, not uh, happening anymore because Microsoft shutting them down in March. Uh, so I think it's March 10th of this year. Altspace VR is going to be going away. Uh, and tell me if you've heard this story before as I read this. And I will, I will point out the uh, important part here. Uh, so they actually posted on their website, uh, ALTVR.com. When Altspace VR first launched, our vision was to create a place where people from around the world could connect and socialize in real time. We knew virtual reality could be a fun place for immersive games. And much more importantly, we believed in the power of social VR to bring people together build connections, and share, uh, create shared experiences. It was a bold vision, and with the help of our passionate community, the platform became a place where users made lifelong memories, formed cherished friendships, found love, and even married in real life. Uh, so as we look for th- to the future, we see an opportunity for VR expanding beyond customer into business and now have an even greater goal, a more open, accessible, and secure version of immersive experiences in the metaverse. To achieve that, we have made the difficult decision to sunset the Allspace VR platform on March 10th, 2023, and shift our focus to the support immersive experiences powered by Microsoft Mesh. So Microsoft did a whole bunch of layoffs. This week, I think it was what 10,000, 12,000 people. A lot of the tech people, uh, tech giants are laying off people all over uh, because they overhired in 2020 and 2021 when everything was virtual and online and everything. And now that things have settled back down and I, I'm, I'm not going to say the pandemic is over because it's not. But uh, society has more or less forced everything to return to normal. Even if you don't believe it should be returning to normal yet, society as a whole has decided that we are returning to normal. And so that means people aren't spending as much time on tech stuff. Uh, They're actually going outside. They're actually going and doing things. They're not sitting online in their house quarantined. And so they had to, unfortunately, they overhired and now they're paying for it. Uh, Some of the people that got laid off were the senior producers at Altspace VR that Microsoft purchased. Uh, so what they were doing, uh, what they're doing is they're shutting down that service because they had to lay off the people that were actually running it. And they're going to take the technology and the, and the, and the, and some of the engineers, I'm, I'm assuming, uh, to go work on Microsoft teams. Anybody here a fan of Mixer? Does this sound familiar at all to anybody on Mixer where Microsoft buys a gaming centric platform or uh, and, and Altspace wasn't really gaming centric, but VR inherently was kind of that type. You know, I'm, I'm lumping it in the same thing. But um, yeah, Microsoft bought Beam, turned it into Mixer, and then very quickly was like, "Okay, Mixer, we're done, and uh, we're rolling this technology into Microsoft Teams." Um, they're doing the same thing here because Microsoft Mesh, which is what they're moving to, it's called Microsoft Mesh. It is essentially virtual meetings 
it's going to be instead of being kind of a consumer platform like Altspace VR, they're taking all that tech that they built for Altspace VR that they bought and then built and, and cultivated in-house at Microsoft, and they're going to make it a way for business people to have meetings in virtual reality. Now, I'm going to tell you, I've worked from home. Uh, I've had a remote. I've, I've been a remote worker. I've worked from home since 2006 in the tech industry as a software developer. Uh, not once have I wanted to be in a VR experience when having a meeting with my coworkers and collaborating with my coworkers. Not a single time have I wanted to do that. And you guys, I love VR. Like, and that's me telling you, I love VR. That's not what I want to use it for. But they are uh, they are committed to you know pushing it for the Hololens too. Uh, so you can collaborate in real time in holograms and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some applications where that's good, not for any of my stuff, uh, but also you can use it on PCs, have it be a graphical interface and stuff. And, and uh, that's where they are taking this to. And that's exactly what they did with the Mixer technology. Mixer had great low latency broadcast and low latency streaming uh, technology. And they basically said, okay, all that's going to go into Microsoft Teams. Microsoft Mesh is metaverse for teams. And so that's what they are moving it to. ZenMonkey11 says, I used Altspace VR every day. I even ran multiple events in there. We were we are not surprised. We were warned in advance. We we're moving to VR chat, Horizons, Spatial, etc. They sold to Microsoft in 2017. Wow, time flies. I mean, technically that is still, what, two years ago? Is that how time works now? We just skipped a couple of years. Uh, Altspace had the web projector, which is far better than what VR chat has. And uh, uh, Matt says 200,000 plus tech jobs have been cut from big companies in the last eight months. Sadly, this is a lot of talented folks looking for jobs and what will pro probably be a recession coming up. Yes. And my, uh, my thoughts are with you if you're one of those affected, because I know uh, a lot of people have been affected that we're working on good things and we're good workers. And uh, it's, it's kind of a shame how this is all kind of, kind of gone out. But the thing is that you're probably sitting here. Why are you talking about this? Because Altspace VR isn't the first place you think of. Uh, it is for Zen monkey 11, but it's not the first place it's you think of VR chat and Altspace VR. I actually attended several events in Altspace VR uh, for the local VR scene. Um, yeah, ironically, all the people that lived in my city, we met in Altspace VR instead of actually meeting in the city. Uh, but VR chat is a kind of overrun with, um, we'll say, um, I'm trying to say how to say this, uh, nicely, um, people on the internet, I don't typically want to spend time with. Um, VR chat, uh, because once you've been on VR chat enough, you can upload your own avatar, you can upload your own, uh, worlds and, you know, all that stuff. And the world creation is kind of neat. It's done in unity and all that stuff. Uh, but you can upload your own avatars and it turns out that the avatars, uh, the, the avatar system in VR chat is the exact same avatar system as Vocaloids from Japan and Korea. So every avatar, you've got two different types of avatars that you can get very easily in VR chat. You can either be an anime waifu or a furry. Uh, 
you can't be anything else. Like I actually, I have been in VR chat. I actually even went to my first instance. Uh, I went to the, somebody was running a festival to watch games done quick because you can actually stream Twitch into a VR chat instance and they had it up. And I went in first time I'd ever actually been in a VR chat instance that had like many, many people. Um, and, uh, it was not that pleasant to be around. Um, whereas alt space VR was kind of more, more mature. You, you had, a, you had more mature individuals in there where you don't necessarily have the mature individuals, especially in public spaces in VR chat. I'm sure there are private spaces in VR chat, uh, where they've cultivated, where it's great and it's awesome, but you've got to find them and you can't find them unless you go into public instances. Zen monkey 11 says alt space had some cool features for meetings and teaching classes. They had schools. What was cool is they had a hand raise feature that muted everyone there and you can megaphone that person and raise their hand. It was really cool. Other VR apps don't have some of alt spaces main features. So, and uh, so that's where alt space was going. And I think that's where they're going with teams. They want to make that, because that is something that you can use in Microsoft Teams. Uh, that, that would be something that would be useful for things like that. The thing is, I don't know how much it's going to be adopted by the business community. Um, that's the thing that I worry about. Zamagulim says, Altspace used Unity as well. Me and my team have been moving our worlds over to VR chat. Well, um, I, I wish you uh, a lot of luck. Um, cause, uh, VR chat's interesting. I, what I've done, I've spent a lot of time in VR chat. If you look on my steam profile, you're like, you spent 15 hours in VR chat. Yeah. 14 of those hours has just been going through people's instances in a private instance where nobody else was around and, you know, walking around, uh, or trying to find an avatar of like a dude in a goat with a goatee. And apparently like I found one, but apparently it is a meme because like when I went into that GDQ thing, everybody was making fun of the avatar I chose. So I guess, like, I, I don't know where the avatar was from, but apparently uh, it was funny to a lot of people. because But it's so hard to find just, like, a regular-looking human-ish person that's not a waifu. Uh, and some people just want to be waifus, and that's great. Uh, and, you know, I have no problem with that, but it's like there's actually, if you don't want to be a waifu or a furry or a video game character, then you don't have that many options right now in VR chat. And it's really hard to find those options. S. Sharon or Matt says MAGFest created its own Gaylord national world in VR chat for folks to participate, watch some panels and concerts and engage with folks at the fest. And, uh, and so that I saw some of that and like, they actually had like a big screen at, at MAGFest that looked inside VR chat. And then they had a stream coming from that screen out into VR chat. So you could actually interact. And that, I think that was cool. Um, there are actually several, I think there's two worlds in VR chat that are modeled after the, uh, Marriott here in Atlanta. Uh, one is, you know, for Dragon Con and the other one is for actually Furry Weekend Atlanta, which just takes place in the same hotel. Um, and so they've recreated the Marriott, uh, the Marriott Marquis, which is one of the five hotels that Dragon Con is in. Uh, and you can go in there. Um, so that it was, uh. There's a lot of neat ideas in there. And there there are some interesting things that happen in VR chat. Like somebody, like there is like a Kmart uh, restoration group. Like a group that is like a huge fan of the old U.S. store Kmart with its blue light specials. So what they did is they built a Kmart in VR chat. And if you go to the right instance, they actually have people working the registers at VR chat. And it's like you're role playing 
going to a Kmart. So there's a lot of really interesting things going on in VR chat, uh, but there's a lot of immaturity in VR chat as well. And Altspace didn't have that as much, at least when I was going around in there. ZenMonkey11 says, Altspace has been cool. They've added this new feature that allowed us to download all of our pictures and data. They used to do Burning Man in Altspace as well. The Burning Man creators said they think VR chat is better, so there is hope, I guess. Fifth Room says, I miss getting an IC at Kmart. Well, you know, there's a VR chat world where you can go and get an IC at Kmart for your avatar. You can, you can do that. There's also a McDonald's. Um... And like you can even like go outside of the McDonald's and try to you know cross the street to the like the Best Buy across the street, and then you can get hit by a car and die. It's great. Uh, this is actually a real thing in VR chat, and you do not need a VR headset to try any of this. Rob Roberts says, "Can you buy Atari Twenty Six Hundred games at the Kmart?" You know, I actually think the Kmart, unfortunately, is modeled after the Kmart of like two thousand nine, like right near the end of the Kmart era. Uh, so that's what it's modeled after, but they do have like some of the tapes of the music that gets streamed in. It's, it's interesting. Uh, pop culture says, does the instance have the Marriott carpet? Yes. Yes. Uh, Questbuster asks, are there old arcade cabs at the entrance to Kmart? There are, pro- there, I don't know if there are. Um, they do have arcade cabinets in VR chat. Because in the festival place for GDQ, there were some arcade cabinets. Now there's some, like one's a Flappy Bird clone, uh, so they're, so they're not big, you know, they're not very complex games, but they do have arcade cabinets you can play on. So you can, you can, you can find all that. You can look out for it, uh, for free. You can get into VR chat for free, uh, with, with your monitor. You do not need, uh, any kind of VR headset to get into it. But, and so that's where I think all the alt space PR, VR people are going. Uh, so Yeah. Um, they did continue saying the decision, this is the all space VR people speaking. The decision has not been an easy one as this platform has come many to love, providing a place for people to explore their identities, express themselves and find community. It has been a privilege to help unlock passions among users from educational opportunities for personal growth to the development of unique and professional, uh, wonderful events, uh, groundbreaking art and immersive experiences, enabling this community to achieve more. With Mesh, we aspire to build a platform that offers the widest opportunity to all involved, including creators, partners, and customers. Uh, over the coming weeks, we encourage the many creators and developers who are part of the Altspace VR community to host final events and download their content. Um, so uh, we look forward to what is to come, including our launch of Microsoft Mesh, a new platform for collection and collaboration, starting by enabling workspaces around the world. In the near term, we are focusing our VR efforts on workplace experiences, learning from and alongside our early customers and partners, and ensuring we deliver a foundation that enables security, trust, and compliance. Over time, we hope to extend to consumer experience as well. Yeah, so they're basically, they're like most Microsoft things, they're moving towards more of a B2B model, business to business. Uh, I don't think that we will ever see it as a consumer experience. I think it's going to stay within Microsoft Teams. You're going to need to be have access to Microsoft Teams to have whatever that they're doing with Mesh. Uh, I don't see it coming out as a consumer experience, unfortunately. ZenMonkey11 says, VR chat is its own coding language called Udon. It's cool. Yeah, you can do like a lot of different things with the avatars in VR chat. VR chat has a lot more technology uh, in that sense, uh, in terms of uh, making it easier for waifus to do things with each other. So it's, it's not like VR chat is bad technology wise. It's just you've got to find the right people to be a part of it. 
Sam Mike 11 says, uh, I think a lot of my Allspace th- uh, friends think that Allspace is coming back, but I tell them it's not. No, I, I don't think they're never going to make it out to the consumer stage. Um, they're going to, because like the mixer technology hasn't come back out to the consumers. It's still in Teams if it is even there. So, Tyreclaw says, I've seen YouTube channels using VRChat to create these sketches with certain characters. Yeah, and they've got a whole, like, video system. VRChat's got good tech. Like, they've got a whole, like, third-party VR system. You can do machinima in VRChat. People have done total, like, big music videos in VRChat, and there, there's a lot of that in there. It's, it's not a bad technology. It's just, I, I wish that uh, there were more mature people in VRChat. And it's really about the the company you keep, and I don't know anybody in in VR chat. I even changed my name uh, because, despite the fact that my last name is Black Wolf up here, uh, I do not identify with the furry population. I'm not one of them. So if you're listening, thinking I am, I apologize. It was actually a D and D name that I had in the '90s, and I was thought I was uh, uh, Cherokee. So it was supposed to be a Cherokee Native American type name. I'm not Cherokee at all in the least. I, my parents said I was, and they lied. But uh, that's where it came from. So I changed my name. I think it's like Bobby B-VOG is what I am in there. So if you want to look for me uh, and send a friend request in VR chat, that's what I am in VR chat. Um, but that way people wouldn't look at me and think, oh, you know, yeah, you know, here we are. Let, let's do some furry things because I'm not into that for me. That's for other people, and that's great, and I'm glad that they've got a place for that. So, uh, as Chairman Matt uh, said, I saw the group working on the HoloLens. The military-developed application was also cut their staff. Well, that also because the military didn't want it. So, I think they're trying to cut their losses a lot of there. Semonkey11 says, a lot of the mature people from Allspace VR have moved on to Horizons, but Horizons still has the same amount of kids and trolls like VR chat. And that's a that's a that's a shame. But when you've got a free service like this that does cater to uh, that type of behavior, that those are the type of people you're going to have in VR chat a lot, uh, and and in, I guess in Horizons as well. So uh, my uh, my thoughts are with the people that worked on VR chat. I know at least one senior producer was included in the layoffs. Um, so it, it sounds like they kind of took away the top part of the team, and maybe like some of the engineers, maybe they kept that worked on it and just going to transfer them over to Microsoft Teams uh, to work on Mesh. And um, and as Jeremy Matt says, I kind of wish the Luma Room was a theme, but a thing, but alas. Yeah, that's that at least we knew was kind of a, a tech demo type of thing. Uh, Altspace VR and Mixer, like it was before it, uh, were actual things that people used and people built uh, a lot of their community around and, and their business around. And Microsoft, once again, is just like, no, 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 we're doing going to do this for business for business people. And it's going to be over here inside Microsoft Teams that none of you use. So please come use Microsoft Teams. Mike Deff says, free is accessible to anyone, so it's not surprising the kids are there. But it's free, so you can try it out. And, uh, you know, may- maybe there maybe there's a good reason to go in and, and, and hang out in VRChat. Because like I said, VRChat, it's a neat platform. It's just the, the other people is, is the problem that I have with it. Because some of those spaces that people have done in there uh are are really amazing um and you can do a lot of things in there 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 are several like automated cards against humanity rooms or you can play cards against humanity with people and the festival space that they made for gdq 
which was not actually done by Games Done Quick. It was done by somebody else. Uh, it was actually kind of fun to kind of walk through and find things, as are, like, the ones that were uh, the Dragon Con-inspired ones because they had, like, secret rooms and secret areas. Uh, it's called USS Draco. If you want to look in VR chat for USS Draco, uh, that's the Dragon Con uh, Marriott one. And then there's another one that's like it's it's from Furry Week in Atlanta, but it's the same hotel uh, and it has a lot of the same stuff. As Sharon Matt says, uh, so when Apple invents VR, which is the term that I always say for it, when uh, a- Apple invents VR later this year, maybe something like Altspace VR will come back. Um, maybe. Uh, because that's where everybody wants to go. Like that, that is the metaverse. Altspace VR was essentially the metaverse that everybody wants, or that that all that Silicon Valley thinks they want. It was Altspace VR. It's VR chat. We already have it. It was PlayStation Home for crying out loud. That was the metaverse that everybody thinks we want. And what we get instead is low poly Mark Zuckerberg, um, which is not what we want. Uh, but yes, an Apple inventing VR, yes, it's tongue-in-cheek, but I still contend that once Apple brings out consumer VR, consumer VR will finally take off. Because even though Apple's not the first to the market, they're the, they're the most stylish. And Apple fanboys will buy anything that's stylish that has the Apple logo on it. Fanboys and fangirls. So... That's why I say when Apple invents VR and SSJ when Hermat parroted it, when Apple invents VR, we're going to see something that's going to be kind of like Allspace VR. Maybe they'll just buy VR chat. I don't know. Um, that would be bad for VR chat because Apple will clamp down on a lot of the stuff that happens in it. But who knows? Because like when Apple invented the tablet, everybody wanted a tablet computer because the iPad was not the first tablet. All the other tablets before it failed. Bill Gates held up a tablet computer in like 1999 on stage. It was called the Microsoft Surface at the time, which they reused the name, but it was called the Surface. And uh, it flopped until Steve Jobs held an iPad up on stage. And then suddenly tablet computers were cool. So another VR, like there is more VR uh, hardware coming in 2023. And Sony has the full, uh, uh, announced their full PlayStation VR lineup, uh, two lineup. So, PlayStation VR 2 coming out very, very soon. There are 37 games at launch, and there were 13 new ones added uh, this this year um, uh, that were announced very recently. They announced the full lineup, including 13 new titles uh, that we didn't know about earlier. Uh, and, uh, and it's going to be a good lineup uh, that comes out in the launch window if you can get one in early February. Uh, so Video Games Chronicle reports that Sony has confirmed the final PlayStation VR 2 launch lineup in addition to revealing 13 new games for the platform. The full launch window lineup, which Sony defines as games releasing by the end of March, includes first-party t- party titles, Horizon, Call of the Mountain, and Gran Turismo 7, which will be available on PSVR 2's February 22nd launch day. In Gran Turismo 7, Sony says players will be able to experience all cars and tracks in VR with eye tracking and foveated rendering. Two-player split-screen races are not supported in VR, but all other races, including online ones, will be available. Newly announced titles include ports of PSVR 1 Classic Res Infinite, which will feature eye tracking and haptic feedback, and Tetris Effect, which will also support the unique PSVR 2 features. Uh, they enhanced said, quote, with eye tracking enabled, you can enter the zone by closing and then opening your eyes. You can feel key moments of the game and your actions through headset feedback and haptic feedback on the DualSense controller, unquote. 
on uh, Res Infinite, it said, quote, Prepare yourself once again for the ultimate version of Res, a thrilling journey of sights, sounds, and shooting action, except this time in PSVR 2, with eye tracking, you can track and aim at enemies, and haptic feedback from the controllers and headset feedback, unquote. So both of uh, Res and Tetris Effect will be available as upgrades to the original games for $10. So just because you have Tetris Effect on PS4 uh, and... uh, and Res Infinite on PS4, if you had it for PSVR 1, you it will be a $10 upgrade to get those for the PS5 and get the PSVR 2 version. Um, Dark Tetsia says, I didn't play it in VR, but playing Tetris Effect on Series S was quite an experience. So uh, I, I will say, because uh, as I think somebody in our Discord said, yeah, no, it was, it was just the play field. That's all it was. When I played Tetris Effect in PSVR... Um, it wasn't about what VR added to the game. It was about what VR took away. They took away the rest of my room. And if you have good headphones, it takes away all the sound. So all you have is the play field and the music. And nothing else is around. You don't see, and you may think, oh, well, this is not a big deal. But you don't see, like... In the corner of your eye, you don't see your wall. You don't see the things on your wall. You don't see the other things on your shelves, you know, which you do see out of the corner of your eye. All you have is Tetris, is all you have in the play fields in front of you, uh, and that's it. So it's that's what I loved about Tetris Effect. And I even went down, and I've got a, you know, people probably know I've got a big 4K theater uh, with a big 100-inch projector screen. Uh, and I sit pretty close. I'm in the front row. So it does almost take up my whole vision. And I've got a whole Atmos sound system uh, and stuff. Um, uh, I prefer it in VR. Even with that setup, I still prefer it in VR. And I get a better score in VR. So that's why Tetris Effect is great uh, in, in, in VR. Uh, it's not because of what it adds, but it's really because of what it takes away. And it really, really helps... Uh, and uh, Sh- uh, Shane Shad Leland says, "Yeah, the sensory blackout is amazing for Tetris VR. That's really what it is." S. Man says, "I hear it's night and day experience between VR and non-VR Tetris Effect experience. I remember seeing that video of a professional Tetris player do remarkably better in the VR version because he felt more immersed with the game." Uh, yes, that's that's absolutely the way that I experienced it, and I was so glad they act- when it came out on Game Pass, they did. Uh, it worked with Steam VR. So I was able to play it again in my in, uh, Valve Index and things like that. Uh, so that uh, that was really a lot of fun. Um, and and I, I was glad to see that. And I'm going to play it again in PSVR 2 so I can experience the heads, the, the whatever the haptic feedback because they've got haptic feedback in the in the in the headset, which I, I'm assuming you can turn off like these. I'm I'm assuming Sony has done a lot for accessibility, so I'm assuming all this stuff you can turn off. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how it's done there. Uh, Michigan says, uh, for me, I love Tetris Effect because being someone that has really bad anxiety, the music and stuff helped with the sensory issue that helped calm my anxiety. Um, yeah, so that's that that's a very good good case. But it's not the only thing coming out for PSVR two at the beginning. Those are just the ones I really, 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 really cared about. But uh, we also have a couple of other uh, games uh, after the fall. So these are all the games that are going to be in the launch window, which is going to be from February to March. Uh, after the fall, Altair Breaker, 
Beyond Your Eyes, Cities VR, which is essentially Cities Skylines, but it's a VR version of it, uh, Cosmonius High, Creed Rise to Glory Championship Edition, so that's a boxing title, uh, The Dark Picture Switchback, Demeo, Disgruntia Kronos Alternate, uh, Fantavision 2020X, uh, so you remember that old PS2 game, Fantavision, with the... Yeah. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 is a free update to the PS5 version of Gran Turismo 7, so that's good. Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, Job Simulator, which is actually a lot of fun. It's, it's really hilarious. It's, it's a very old VR title. It's a 2016 launch title for the HTC Vive, but it's great. I love it. Uh, Jurassic World Aftermath. Kayak VR Mirage. Kazuna AI Touch the Beat. I don't know anything about that one, but I'm gonna. It's, it's, it sounds like a music one. Uh, the Last Clockwinder, The Light Brigade, Moss One and Two Remaster. Moss is a f- great game. It's essentially it's a uh, it's a platformer. It's a 3D platformer as a mouse. You play as a mouse, except you are you are the camera, and you control the mouse, but you are also a, a player. Like the mouse actually talks to you and will even do sign language to speak with you. Uh, but, but yes, you, like you are like this overarching presence helping Moss, helping the mouse get from one end to the other. So Moss one and two are, they're really great. I haven't played Moss two yet, but I've played Moss one NFL pro era, uh, which is a free PS, uh, VR two upgrade. No man's sky is going to be upgrading their PS five to have PS four stuff, uh, in PS VR stuff in the, in the, uh, launch window, Pavlov VR pistol whip, which is, uh, that is the John Wick music rhythm shooting game, which is pretty cool. Uh, Puzzling Places, Resident Evil Village, which is going to be a free update to the PS5 version of Resident Evil Village. Res Infinite, Song in the Smoke, uh, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. So this was an Oculus Quest exclusive, uh, which basically it tells the story of Batu. Uh, if you've the, the Galaxy's Edge uh, stuff in the theme parks, uh, a little bit like the 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 Vader Chronicles that I had played on the Oculus uh, Rift, uh, but the uh, the uh, Tales from the Galaxy's Edge only came out for the Quest, so I have not been able to play it. It's not on PC VR, so I'm looking forward to getting to try it there. Synth Riders, which is a cool rhythm game, I do have that on uh, on Steam. That one's going to be that one's pretty fun. Uh, the Tale of Onagoro, Tentacular, Tetris Effect. Thumper, which has been around for a while, the the anger rhythm game, I guess is how you can call it. Uh, the Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, Chapters 2, Retribution. Vacation Simulator, which is the sequel to Job Simulator by Alchemy Lads, Labs. Uh, what the Bat, and then Zenith, The Last City, which is an MMO in VR. It's an MMORPG in VR. So, um, and so... There's going to be the list of games that are going to come out if you can if you were able to get a PSVR two. I do actually have it pre-ordered uh, or ordered ahead of time. If you don't like the term pre-ordered, I did order it. It is going to be coming uh, in February, uh, and uh, I got the version with Horizon and I got the dock as well. So uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it to see, uh, especially because they've got the new haptics. That's the stuff I haven't experienced before. And that's not something I can experience from a YouTube video. I can watch all the YouTube videos I want. Uh, okay, so the, I, I've got a trailer running and the Kazuna AI Touch the Beat. It's a Vocaloid game. So, you know, it's more anime waifus. So anime waifus on stage. It's a Hatsune Miku type thing, but I don't think Hatsune Miku's in it. Um, yes, yeah, so, but you can't experience the haptics from a YouTube video. So that's why I'm really looking forward to trying it. So, uh, let's see, uh, Shad, Shane Shadleyland, uh, said, 
Uh, Switchback, Res Upgrade, Tetris Update, and Fan of Vision are the only titles I think I need to play on for day, day one. Maybe Thumper as well. I got No Man's Sky and Gran Turismo 7 for uh, on sale during the holidays, and I'm holding off on playing them. Uh, until I can play them in VR. I also want that one Beat Saber clone that looks like it has all the Synthways music. Yeah, Synth Riders. So it's not Beat Saber as much. Synth Riders is more uh, shields, like you're you're riding on the waves, and so you're not actually like slashing things as much. Uh, it's fun, though. I do have it on, on Steam. I do enjoy it, and it's got some... They had like a Muse pack, like sort of music from Muse was in there. Uh, and then they ask, uh, Bobby, did you get on the first wave, second wave, or open pre-orders? I got on the second wave, and it's supposed to be the fir- here first week it's out, not launch day. Uh, I don't know. Um, I just know that the day that they opened pre-orders, I pre-ordered it. So I don't know which... I don't know how to tell which wave that I'm in. Uh, so maybe I will figure that out. Um, but I just know the day they opened pre-orders, I was able to pre-order mine. So I don't know... Sometimes, like, I remember when I was doing, like, the HTC Vive, it really depended on, like, how many minutes after was your receipt, and that tells you where you were. So if, like, you ordered at 11.05, you were, like, three weeks after launch because 11.01 and 11.02 pre-order. It was really, there was whole Reddit threads discussing, like, when your, what time was your receipt, and then that tells you when you're going to be getting in. So we are going to take a very quick music break. And then uh, we will talk to uh, Rob and uh, see if he's caring about anything about the PSVR. You're participating with the Bobby Blackwell Show here in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. Wait, you don't know Kamoshida? Are you for real? For real? For real? For real? What up, everybody? This is Max Middleman, voice of Saitama and One Punch Man, Ryuji in Persona 5, King in Seven Deadly Sins, and a whole host of other characters. You are participating in the Bobby Black Wolf Show. Get it? For real? For real. For real? For real? For real? Not in Persona 3 Portable. That is for real, but that is from Persona 5. Hello. This is for real. Uh, welcome back. If you want to leave a bumper, uh, contact me, because then I won't be playing bumpers from 2019, 2018, 2017. For real! I can actually play new bumpers. All I need is a video of you or your audio of you, just your voice. I will choose which DMCA violation I will attempt behind it, uh, and contact me either on our Discord or on uh, social media, wherever uh, you see that. And Questbuster does say that Max Middleman is also in Tactics Ogre Reborn. Uh, so, uh, that, that's, that's where you can find Max. Uh, I, when I did, uh, a panel with, uh, him and Ray Chase, who is Noctis in Final Fantasy 15, uh, and Robbie Damond, who, uh, was, uh, Prompto in Final Fantasy 15, and he's also, like, Spider-Man in the animated Spider-Man, uh, TV series. Uh, they were, they were really cool. They were, they were really cool. Uh, I do want to point out, uh, that what people said in chat is, uh, that about, uh, Kizuna, uh, Kizuna AI is a music rhythm game and, uh, one of the first VTubers to go mainstream. So that's, that's what, what that is. And it looked like, a an, an, a music game with a VTuber. Uh, so that, that's where, uh, that, that's. So there's going to be a couple of rhythm games, even though you notice Beat Saber is not on that list. That's not to say that it's not going to come out on the list, but remember, Beat Saber is now owned by Oculus. They bought Beat Games, the company that made it. So Beat Saber is an Oculus or a Facebook or a Meta. Yeah, we're calling it Meta now. It's a Meta product, and uh, I think they are going to try to make it exclusive 
uh, as they can to uh, to Meta, to the Oculus Quest or the Meta Quest, Meta Quest Two, whatever. Um, and which is you know good business for them uh, because it is kind of the most highly desirable VR game. It's the one VR game the mainstream really knows because of how it went viral. And uh, I can see them. They're still going to support the platforms it's already on, but I can see them not putting it on any new platforms that came out. And so I do not expect Beat Saber to come out on PlayStation 5. Um, and uh, now Shad Leland does say I, they already said it's coming. It was announced at CES. I will believe it when I see it. But uh, good on them if they're going to do that. And, you know, that's that's a good move for them uh, because Meta probably needs the money. So they should probably release it on everything they can. Coming up next here on the Voice of Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash VOG Network is Orange Launch Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do. And uh, we like to check in with them and see what is going on and uh, what they're going to be talking about this week. Because you know what? They're not going to talk about as much VR as I am. So, uh, you know, because there's stuff that happened in the gaming industry that wasn't with virtual reality goggles. Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I, I am doing well. So um, uh, so I know you're not getting the PSVR 2 at launch, but we're, are you satisfied with what the launch lineup is and give give you kind of hope for the future that it may actually stick around for a bit? Uh, no. No? <laughs> and, um, here, here's the thing. I, I'm not, I don't carry that same level of excitement about Tetris Effect and Res, the mm-hmm. others do. Don't get me wrong. I love both of those games. No one loves Mizuguchi more than me. Mm-hmm. But I just feel, I, I have a hard time getting excited when we still have a PlayStation VR that can play those games. I would have been much more excited, and especially in Res's case. Look, I love Res. We've been retreading Res for a long time now. Like, you know, not just the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. the Xbox 360, then it was the PlayStation 4, and now we're doing it again. So I, I just, I would get a little more excited if maybe Area X had become its own fully realized game and we were getting like a Res 2. Heck, even if they were revisiting Child of Eden, which, you know, I would say in some ways was underrated, give that a, the VR treatment and release that. I, I would be a little more excited. Um, and even, Bobby, you know how much I love No Man's Sky. In mm-hmm. fact, apparently I'm in the top 3% of streamers of No Man's Sky. Big deal that it's coming out on PlayStation VR 2. You know, it's it, because it's come out on everything before it. So yeah. I, I just I failed to get excited about like kind of a lot of these retreads. And I feel like what Sony is putting forward, you know, as far as their AAA properties, you have a Horizon spinoff game, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's weird to me that these companies won't invest the big names. Uh, and the same thing happened with Valve. We got Half-Life 3. Yeah, nope. Half-Life Alex mm-hmm. was the VR game. You know, I think they should. I think they should have taken the risk and just called it Half Life Three, or you know, do do what they need to do. But I, I just, you know, maybe it'll shape up to look a lot better in six months, nine months. I'm really trying to not hate the technology, but mm-hmm. you know, as I kind of have said on OLR, um, I think the marketplace is a lot different this time around. And considering their biggest competition is Meta, you know, in this space, and that Meta doesn't require. A console for its yeah. device it's already a little bit of a step ahead and so you know sony's gonna really need the titles to justify the psvr2 yeah. and i'm sorry rehashing the last gen is not exciting to me yeah yeah no the only two triple a titles that are actually like triple a titles that i saw on this list really were gran turismo 7 
mm-hmm. uh, which is getting a VR mode, and then uh, Resident Evil Village mm-hmm. is getting VR. And mm-hmm. everything else here, which, I mean, I love indies, but, like, that's what basically everything else in here is. And they're not, they're also, they, they work in flat screen just fine. You yeah. Know, both those games are known fine for their non-VR experiences. There's there's nothing, you know, I would say the Horizon spinoff game is probably the biggest one where, oh, it's truly catered to be VR. I worry it's going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really worry that Horizon game is going to feel cheap. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I probably would have said the same thing about Until Dawn, Rush of Blood when I first saw it, that, oh, it's just a cheap knockoff of one of their hard-hitting franchises, but people eat that game up. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. Like, it needs more stuff like that. Yeah. And Paleonimaeus says PSVR 2 will rule 12 months from now, just like it did with the OG PSVR. Um, and I, I will say one thing is that, so, like, when PSVR came out, and you might have remembered me talking about this because I always loved VR, still love VR, I was worried that Sony was going to poison the well. And they didn't. Like, PSVR did things right for being a console-based VR. And so I'm hoping that they kind of do that, but it takes time to get there. They're not going to be able to make a big splash uh, with these. Right now, they're banking on nostalgia to get those people in the door and then hopefully if it sells well they'll be able to convince AAA studios to make something for it but that's the hard sell because AAA studios don't want to invest until there's the install base but the install base won't be there until there's AAA stuff mm-hmm. and I unlike a console a full on console uh, I don't think they can take the risk of th- hoping that PSVR 2 is going to get, which is an add-on, I don't think they can accept the risk that it may not work out. Um, I got to address this comment in chat because Pele Hanamea says PSVR 2 will rule 12 months from now just like it did with OG PSVR. Maybe it will. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to be wrong on this. Um, But let me, you know, respectfully needle you back with this comment. Um, What are they going to be playing on it? Yeah. You want me to believe that they're going to it's going to rule because they're going to be playing the same things that are already out in VR? Like wh- and, and maybe there's a big E3 surprise or something and that's, yeah. you know, the 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 um mis- the thing I'm missing from my crystal yeah. ball here and that's fine. Um but I'm kind of going how? How is yeah. it going to rule 12 months from now cuz I don't see it. Yeah. But again, if I'm wrong, great. A win for gamers. Yeah. I'm 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 hopeful, but I also I I am not as much as I love VR. I'm not sure how much longer it's going to be something that large companies take notice of. And and in the gaming space, I think now the VR conversation has been taken over uh, by NFT bros and uh, you know talking about the metaverse and how can we monetize it and how can we sell parcels of land and how can I make money. And I think that's where that's unfortunately taken over the VR conversation. And I think that's kind of a shame. Yeah, but I, 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 luckily the gaming space for the most part has soundly rejected that. I know we have a few executives that are still hanging on to that, specifically Square Enix. I don't think those executives are much longer for this industry if they mm-hmm. won't let go of some of those feelings. Yeah. Um, but I think the gaming industry has done a pretty good job chasing off this NFT scam. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't see Nintendo rolling out Nintendo fun tickets anytime soon. No. Um, and hopefully the VR advocates will do the same thing. Yeah. 
So uh, I do also want to mention and, and in this comment, uh, there was a comment earlier, not about the VR, because as Jared Matt says, I just noticed that sweet Hallmark collection. Yeah, and, and not in VR, in real life, you can get these little ornaments and uh, Hallmark has really embraced geek culture. Uh, so you could actually get these, they're called keepsake ornaments and they are, you know, they're, they're not cheap, but they're not expensive either. But like I have like a Nintendo one and there's like a little button and you, and you hit the button and it lights up and it plays little some sounds and stuff. And then uh, that was uh, 2020's ornament. 2021's ornament was a Super Nintendo. And so you hit the button and it turns on and it plays that stuff. And it's cool. This year's ornament was not Nintendo. It was the Sega Genesis. And so you turn on the Sega Genesis and it plays some Sonic stuff. And it light, the power button lights up on all of them. So uh, that's, that's, that's a great way to annoy your friends. So you can find those at the Hallmark store. And... They've got like a bunch of like they've got Doctor Who stuff, Star Trek stuff. They had other like Nintendo ornaments and they're they're really embracing geek culture. It's it's very interesting to see this whole toys for adults thing take over. I was just yeah. talking with Alan about this when we were at Target last because we were kind of looking around and he was looking for Monster High dolls is like a thing. And mm-hmm. I guess there's there's going to be an Elvira doll or something. And then I was kind of just like casually looking at Legos, which somehow I've managed to escape. I love Legos. Don't get me wrong, but I've kind of mm-hmm. managed to escape these recent trends. And as I was looking up and down the aisle, I was like, dang, like. These Mario Legos are really everywhere. Like, and they mm-hmm. they really did. And now there's Atari 2600 ones I've been seeing on social media. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm sure a lot of you already know about these. But I'm just pretty impressed at like, wow, I I didn't realize how much of these Legos. Like, like there's I think there's three full aisles of Legos in Target. One of them is geared towards kids. The other two, very clearly, yeah. adult callback things. Yeah, and also like Lego has done their their architecture line. Which is essentially for adult Legos, and and those are like where you're building the you know the you're building art pieces or like you know we got Starry Night, which has some 3D elements. That's the old Starry Night painting, but also like architectural things. And they actually have a new Eiffel Tower one mm-hmm. uh, that's like six hundred dollars or something, but it's like six feet tall, mm-hmm. and you actually build it in stages in the same stages they actually built the real Eiffel Tower and put it. Uh, but also, like, you've got the Titanic, which is, you know, $700, and it's all this. Because they realize that adults have ex- disposable income and will buy Legos. So they're making all these, you know, Legos that are not fun toys, but they're it's like building a model. Because my dad did that a lot, where he built airplane models and got model kits. Legos like, well, why don't we be that? And so and pod culture and chats pointing out, Rob, you have two giant adult kid toys behind you referring to my arcade yeah. one up machines, which are basically Ikea t- size Legos. Yeah. Uh, to which I say, drag me, expose me, cancel me. You got me. Yeah. And as Sharon and Matt says, <laughs> I have our thing. As Sharon and Matt says, I have so many Lego set backlogs to build. I do, too, because my life got flipped, turned upside down in August when all these came out. And I know, Rob, you saw because I pointed him out and I'm like, you saw that I had I have the Atari 2600 set that I haven't built yet. Uh, We got the Peach Princess Peach uh, set and Peach's Castle and the other Peach thing that came out at the beginning, which has the Cat Peach suit. Uh, and then when we were on vacation in December, we picked up the foosball table, which is an actual working foosball table and that starry night. So I've got, I've got a whole bunch of Lego backlog and I'm sitting here. I really want a steam deck. I'm like, no, I really should build my Legos first before buying a steam deck. Play with the toys you already have, I Bobby. I, I don't need any more Atari 2600. I've got Atari 2600 at home in the box. I just got to build it. <laughs> any, anyway, uh, what else is going to be, uh, happening on Orange Launch Radio tonight? 
Unfortunately, some not so great news. We have had a lot of layoffs in the industry this yep. week, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that and the possible repercussions that could trickle down um, as a result of that. Also, um, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure a lot of people are super surprised by this, but we have word that Marvel's Avengers going to be mm-hmm. ending official support. Um, they're not completely yanking the game. You can still play it multiplayer after September, but... Uh, the end of the line is in sight for that game. Uh, as far as good news, um, hey, something we reported on last week turned out not to be true, and it's good news. We'll talk about that coming up. All right. Orange Lounge Radio is up next. Thanks so much, Rob. All right. Thanks as always, Bobby. So uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash VOG Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, you can find me on social media over at uh, Bobby Black Wolf everywhere or on Mastodon on the mstdn.games instance. Uh, so look up Bobby Black Wolf there. Uh, I post some stuff there as well. Uh, but I'm also st- I'm still on the bird site, but I don't really post all that much over there. But uh, I am still there. And... Uh, uh, yeah, and also you can join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord throughout the week. Uh, and that is where uh, you can suggest things or talk about things that we talked about here on the show. What do you think about the PlayStation VR 2 lineup? Uh, do you think VR still has a future? Uh, I'm not sure it does. And coming from somebody who covered VR since the very beginning, because uh, I have the Oculus Rift 1 dev kit and got it like, and I was one of the first podcasters to get a hold of it. Uh, I've been on this train for a while, and I just I don't see it actually taking off uh, right now. Something's got to happen. I don't know what that would be. If I knew what it would be, I would actually be in that business and be trying to make millions of dollars on VR. Uh, but uh, so yeah. So if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is uh, not for everybody, but it may be for somebody who does not know about it yet. But we would not be able to make the live show work without the help of the chatters that go above and beyond. So thank you so much, Sandshark, for the follow to our Twitch channel earlier this week. Thank you so much for that. And then we actually had a hype train going uh, right before the show, and I even contributed to it. So you're going to hear me talk about me subscribing here, which I usually don't do. But Mike Daft resubscribed. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Tiger Claw resubscribed. Then I put up my resubscription notice because it's I actually do have a monthly thing and I choose when to send it and there a hype train was going to start. Uh, and then uh, you're welcome. I gifted five subs because I like to do that when we have a hype train to get more people access to the VOD. So congratulations, Sean322, Locopoco Leo, Evil Protagonist, Bonds006, and VXJasonXV for your gifted subs from me. And then SJ when I'm at uh, cheered 250 bits for the hype train. Uh, and Sean322 cheered 200 bits for the hype. And then Orange Wright resubscribed later on uh, in the evening. So uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, congratulations to the GIF sub. Uh, you're very welcome uh, for that. I'm going to hit the button so we can go ahead and get out of here. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I will see you next week. Uh, by the way, Georgia is still the national champion of college football. There you go, Pod Culture. I talk sports. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys, or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.